Welcome to Keeper Chat. My name is Flora. <laughs> My name is Fauna. And this is a weekly podcast where we chat about animals. We are real-life zookeepers, and each week we'll be discussing a new animal and learning more about them. As always, nothing we say reflects our organizations, and all thoughts and opinions are our own. Obviously. So with that, let's get grimy. That was enthusiastic. It was good. I'm I just pumped. put enunciation on all the wrong things. It okay. was different and exciting. It was different. Can't and argue with that. Exciting. <laughs> I don't know if it was exciting. It was definitely different. Hey, shut up. How was your Christmas week? <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> you told me to shut up. It was good. I Tell everyone what you got for Christmas. <laughs> yes. I got Let's Go Pokemon. Pikachu <laughs> isn't the one. Nope. Eevee is the one. <laughs> yes. That's the actual certified title. Eevee, let's go! Let's go, Eevee. That's what it is. What is it? Pokemon, let's go, Eevee. Eevee. And I have Pokemon, let's go, Pikachu, because that's the better version. We don't need to get into this. We do. We don't don't need to get into this. This is the point of this podcast, is to get into this. It's actually been a build to this. So I think, actually, we should do a poll with our listeners, and maybe (gasps) they can tell us. You know what Maybe they can tell us. Mm. You know, I feel like Pikachu is just like the mainstream, run-of-the-mill, copycat everyone else. Like, My childhood. Like, no original ideas. Could Evie's kind of be Pokemon. any fucking bigger? I hate her. She's wonderful. I love her. Literally, whatever. And her voice sounds like a demon crawling out of a demon hole. They all sound the same. Are you kidding? <laughs> uh, Pikachu does not sound the same. He says his fucking name and it's adorable. Evie just shrieks. Like, Evie eternal souls tortured her in hell. name as well. Does she? Well, it's awful. Yeah. They literally all do. No. Not all of them. Some of them just go, and like this like electronic like noise. (laughs) That was actually really good. Was that a sample from the soundtrack? (laughs) Just been playing a lot of Pokemon. (laughs) Track number four. (laughs) (laughs) It's Bulbasaur. Oh, Bulbasaur. I love him. Anywho. Anyway, God. Cool. I think... I mean, I think we should. I think we should pose it to our listeners and see what they think. Okay, fine, we will. I already know the results, and I will skew it. It doesn't <laughs> need to be combative. <laughs> we already fight enough in that game. We don't need to fight in real life. That's so true. Anywho, um, how was your week? It's okay. I got stung by a bee. Okay, oh, yeah, you did. And there's a couple of things that I need to say about this. Number one, it's fucking winter. Do bees not fly south for the winter? Why are they here? <laughs> Number that two, bee's been scouting you the whole time. So it wasn't bee. a bee. It was in fact a yellow jacket, which does make a difference because then I can like no one can like fault me for saying that I hate it. Because like oh, some people okay. like love bees, but I feel like nobody likes yellow jackets. I don't know. I saw something the other day. Someone surprisingly on Facebook posted a meme that was just like wasps are important. And I was like, oh God, deleted. Okay. <laughs> uh, third thing to blocked, note, blocked, reported, <laughs> deleted. I am allergic to yellow jackets. God, my I arm could have told you that <laughs> turned into a sausage, a big Yuck. sausage. You could see the line on my shoulder and my wrist where it was just like swollen. It was disgusting. It was a big sausage the whole time. I was on Benadryl, just like doped out of my mind all Christmas. I slept through the Fun. whole fucking thing. <laughs> God. Sounds magical. Yeah, I felt like. Oh my god, you should have seen my elbow. It, it wasn't even an elbow. It looked like a bowling ball, just like on a stick. That's weird. Fuck yellow jackets. <gasps> you know what it looked like? It looked like Mr. Mime's elbow. <laughs> you know how his is like a ball and socket joint with an actual <laughs> ball? <laughs> that was my arm. I turned into Mr. Mime for Christmas. Ew, Mrs. Mime over here. Yuck. 
Yeah, so other than that. You know what, though? It's relatable. I think people like to hear that we're real people, too. We are fucking struggling. Just you like you. <laughs> hey, why don't we detail the ways in which we're struggling and in which we're not on top of our shit? Way number one. Two days ago, I was recording in a closet. <laughs> uh, I'm now in a different closet. Number two. I just put a blanket over my head for the first part of this to see if it would eliminate the echo, and then I got so sweaty that we're just not going to fuck with that. Excellent, excellent. Way number three, I had, I don't know, a lot of chips just now. Number four, I am still sweating from that incident earlier. <laughs> <laughs> number five, we spend 20 hours of our day playing Pokemon. That's not a struggle. That is a That is peak performance out of a human. You're right. Anyone should be lucky to attain that level. Yeah, so this was um, voted on by our patrons. Per use. Good job, patrons. A plus. Uh, Let me go back to my notes. This is going to be one of those days I wrote so fast, I don't know what I wrote. So this is one of those times where we're going to have issues with me trying to read my own notes. Okay, it is the Bayuga Whale. (laughs) That's that famous song about belugas that we all know and love. Beluga, beluga. It's the beluga. Okay, cool. I love it. Hey, I'm really excited about this one because I know a certain someone whose name rhymes with Dora that worked with belugas. Indeed. I did. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So long ago that I have forgotten everything about them. Really? Sort of. <laughs> okay, well, illuminate. Illuminate me. So here's Is that a phrase? Is that something people say? Illuminate, illuminate me. <laughs> I thought, but it sounds weird now that you... Yeah. Oh, maybe everything me. sounds weird coming from me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay, this is an animal. It's a chordate. It's a mammal. It's in... Artiodactyla. Yes. What? It says even-toed ungulates. What? I will never understand that. <laughs> what? Darwin, what? Okay, here's a fun thing. If you're if you're if you're playing Keeper Chat Bingo, uh-oh, here's your middle That's not how bingo works. Here's one off your list. If you keep a track. Okay, okay. <laughs> This is the family Monodontidae, which means hook, line, and sinker. We've done both the animals and the Monodontidae. Narwhal, Beluga, they're the only two. Fucking check. Oh, just, yeah, we're knocking them out. Just check that anal- that family right off your your list you're keeping track of. That you're keeping track of. <laughs> That's what lists do. That's what, yeah, bingo. Bingo, Beluga bingo. It's a Beluga bingo, y'all. And that one tooth mofo, check him right off. So, yeah, family, monodontidae, one tooth. Mm-hmm. Beluga, they have more than one tooth. Narwhal, they have more than one tooth as well. They're in the one tooth family. These why guys, is it? Wait, wait, wait. If they're in that family, why is it called monodontidae? I don't know. Because that, that means one, right? One tooth? Yeah, I don't know. Just like a long time ago. Okay, okay. I mean, it's Narwhal fine. have like the one tusk. Just. You did the Narwhal episode! <laughs> you're right, you're right. Anyway. Um, okay. Anyways, guys, if you're wondering the answer to that question, this was all planned as a way for you to go back and listen to previous episodes. This isn't something that Flora and I couldn't remember from a previous thing that we talked about for over no, an hour. No, quiz and you're failing. Yep, yep. So go do your homework and then come back. Yeah, yeah. 
We told him. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, yeah. And then genus species, this is Delphinapterus lucus. Oh, okay. Lucas meaning white. Okay. In Latin. White. Because this thing's white. This is a white whale, y'all. Yeah, Ooh, it is. Be Moby Dick, but not. It's not no Moby Dick at all. Keep telling me. What else? What else? Okay, sorry. I gotta take a drink of my beer. Okay. Description of this whale. Blubbery. Blubbery. <laughs> blubbery. You nailed it. Blubbery. Round. Mm-hmm. It has shoulders. It, it looks Good. like it has shoulders. It doesn't. Oh, um, oh, okay. It, does it doesn't not, have shoulders. It doesn't have shoulders. It just kind of looks like it has shoulders. It's <sighs> alarming. It looks like a it. diglet. Yeah, it does. <laughs> okay, it doesn't have a dorsal fin. So that big, like, shark fin, fucking killer whale fin. Mm-hmm. Chop it off. There's no not place there. for that here. Mm-hmm. Get that out. We don't have one in Belugaville. Okay. You know, you know what it looks like is like a big sausage. What? Okay, big white sausage. Yeah, right. Something. Am I wrong? Am I right? Sausage doesn't come to mind. Um, okay. Well, I don't mind. know. <laughs> I don't know Good what talk. do. I don't know what do, but it, not that. Okay. Okay. So these guys are typically sexually dimorphic, just in terms of size. Meaning okay. males and females, so you can't tell them apart. So males are typ- typically 25% bigger. Okay. That's a Th- big that percent. That checks out. That's a big percent. Yeah. Okay, so males can get, like, anywhere from, like, 11 to 18 feet. Yikes. Um, which is anywhere from, like, I don't know, 24 to 3,500 pounds. <sighs> Ugh. Big. It's pretty big. Girls are 9 to 13 and are 15 to 2,600 pounds. Okay. Well, that's, like, mid-sized as far as, like, whales go. Mm-hmm. They could be bigger. It could be smaller. It's the middle size. Right, right smack dab in the middle. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, whales get pretty big. Like, they're on the big spectrum of things. And then the blugas, you see one. I don't know. Ain't that Everything the truth? bigger than me just looks massive. Like, I'm oh, terrified yeah. of people six feet and over. Oh, uh-huh. I just can't handle it. I just think they're, they're like, a little too – they tower over me a little bit too much. And, like, they kind of, like – I don't trust their stability. They seem like they teeter, maybe. Well, you don't or even like need six like, feet. Like, you're categorically, like, a small person. So, like, anything over, like, three or four for you is – You're right. <laughs> a nightmare. I mean, I wasn't going to zone in on it, but, yeah, you're right. You're, like, the tiniest person I've ever seen. Okay. Let's keep going. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about this big, beefy boy. Tell me right. more. So when you, yeah, when you look at him, you're definitely, you're like, your thoughts are like big, blubbery. Like maybe like marshmallow, wet marshmallow. <laughs> it um, was like that time you and I went to a zoo together and we saw the, that like giant bullfrog and it just caught us off guard. And we both looked at it and like gasped and uttered like completely involuntarily, big. <laughs> <laughs> That's because he was like hidden in that substrate and neither of us like immediately saw him. And then when we did, we both were like, <gasps> big. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It was like the only thing that we could think of that like came to mind. <laughs> big. Anywho, I feel like that's kind of the same vibe we're getting here. Yes, big. So they have big folds of fat, so you can kind of see their body like rippling in the ocean. Yes. Um, forty to fifty percent of their body weight is fat. Okay. Which is a very very high proportion and a higher proportion than other whales, who of course are not living in 
Arctic, which, spoiler alert, these guys live in the Arctic. Right. The fat covers their whole bod, except for mm-hmm. their head, and, like, I guess their little pectoral fins aren't really that fatty. Um, and so that fat can be six inches thick. Oh, Okay. Good for them. That's big. That's big. Um, What about that, like, blubbery head they have, right? uh, Yeah, that's something totally different, okay? Okay. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's insulating in water from anywhere from 0 to 18 degrees Celsius, which is fucking freezing. That's really cold, yeah. That's so cold. That's... I don't even know how cold, because I don't speak Celsius. But it seems cold. Less than freezing. Hey, here's a fun little anecdote, guys. There was one time that Flora and I were driving home together from work at a zoo we worked at together, and we were talking about, like, all the preparations we made for the night, (laughs) especially since it was going to get cold, and I was like, yeah, thank God I left those, like, hoses dripping because it's going to freeze overnight, and Flora said, no, it's not, and I said, yeah, it is, (laughs) and she said, no, it's only getting to 30 degrees. And I was like, excuse me? And she said, it's only getting to 30 degrees. It's not going to freeze. And I was like, do you know what, what temperature water freezes? And I said, no. And she said, no, who knows that? And I was like, eh, hopefully everyone. I mean, I do. I Don't flip this around on me. And she, yeah, she didn't know that water froze at 32 degrees Fahrenheit. It's fine. She knows now. And now all of, all of you do too. Man. Okay. Well, anywho. Um... Whales. These guys are white. Okay? To whitish gray. Okay. Is that so they blend in? Yeah. To the Arctic ice. But their little babies come out gray. Ow. So if you see a little baby, they're like kind of dark gray. Tiny, well, dark-ish gray. Lightish gray. They're gray. Is it like a, like a bottlenose dolphin gray? Um, like darker than that. Okay. Yeah, and that helps the little baby just blend into, like, the mommy's shadow. Oh, that's smart. He's just sha- so smart. He's shadow-colored. Yeah, that's cute. It's like a, it's like Dark Link. <laughs> exactly. It's just the shadow of mommy. <laughs> um, and then they turn white after a while. So males will turn white at about nine years of age, and females will turn white about seven. Oh, that takes a while, huh? Yeah, because they're pretty okay. dependent on mommy for a while as well. I guess I thought it would be, like, two years max. Mm-mm. I mean, they do live forever as well, so, like... Oh, yeah, I guess they got time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the white helps them blend into the polar ice caps because, again, they're living in frigid, freezing places where there's ice and icebergs and ice-related things that are all white. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, they shed their skin seasonally. Oh. Like, all at once? Sort of. So, just once a year, their epidermis, their skin, thickens and turns yellow. Ugh. And they turn yellow, and it's really gross looking. And that's Ugh. when they will travel to estuaries and riverbeds, and they will rub on rocks in the bottom of the river to rub their skin off. <laughs> Yuck. Here's a question. This might be stupid. Are there rivers in the Arctic? Well, they're kind of going other places. They okay, migrate. so they kind of, like, migrate. Okay, got it. Yeah. So I'll tell you later those places. Cool. Okay, they have a big thing on their head. Mm-hmm. Do you know the technical term for the big thing on their head? Is it a melon? It's a motherfucking melon. Yes! I love that that's the technical term. Like, that's the official thing that they call because it. It's just it a big, a juicy melon. melon. 
Melon. You got your honeydew. You got your cantaloupe. You got your water. You got your Balloon. whale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that is a just big fatty tissue thing, and it helps with echolocation. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So it's totally flexible and malleable, and they have, like, control over its shape. Mm-hmm. So the shape changes with the type of sound that they're trying to emit, and you can, like, see it changing and fluctuating in real time if you're watching them. That's weird. It is weird. It, like, flattens, and it gets big, and it, like, shakes, and it, like, it's weird. And so it's, as far as, like, it's sounds... It's Yeah, well, yeah, I'd expect if that's what it's called, because you can sort of see it, like, blubbering around. So as far as, like, whale sounds, I know that they can do a bunch of stuff, like, like similar, like, that people know dolphins can do, like whistles and, and clicks mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Do they do any low, like, deep whale rumbling sounds, too? Yes. So okay. the belugas are nicknamed the canaries of the sea. Okay. Because they have a really, really high volume of noises that they can make. Um, they can make, like, clicks and whistles. They can also make deeper ones, like um, like boat horn noises, like that low. Um, mm. Wait, I'm going to do a quick impression of a, of a boat horn noise. Okay, ready? ready. Yep. That was good. Thanks. Sounds just like that. And then cool. they also can like mimic and learn different noises. So I think oh. we talked about this before when we talked you about You did. Dolphins. Yeah, you talked about um the squeaky gate. Yes. One of our belugas learned squeaky gate because there was a gate near his exhibit that squeaked and then he was just like, eh? and he just made squeaky gate noises <laughs> all the time. That's Because he was a gremlin. Cool. So... Remember when I talked about how they look like they have shoulders, but they don't? Yes. Yeah, it stuck with me. I'm still thinking about it. Yes. So if you're looking at a picture of a beluga, you can tell they have, like, a head and then, like, not a head. Like, you can see where their head is. And that is because they have seven vertebrae like us, like giraffe do, which is your fucking fun fact. Uh, I don't need this. (laughs) Most people don't know that. Shut up. Anyway, but unlike other marine uh, whales and shit, their vertebrae are not fused. Okay. So, like, if you're thinking of a killer whale or a dolphin, they're just, like, a noodle body, and, like, they can't control their head at all. It's, like, a noodle. These guys can. Mm-hmm. They can actually shake their head up and down and left and right. Oh, cool. It kind of helps with the field of vision and also movement and, like, helps in capturing prey because they're actually a very slow-swimming whale species, one of the slowest. So being able to, like, maneuver their head helps out with that. Um, yeah, no but, doubt. Also, I think makes them way more charismatic because they literally, like, could shake their head yes and no. And also just, yeah. like, turn around and look at you while they're swimming, like, a different direction. Weird. Um, <laughs> and it just looks like a little man in the water. <laughs> it's just a little man looking at me with a big melon on yeah. his head. I think, like, one of the things they used to think, like, one of the belu- uh, the mermaid things was, like, belugas. Oh, yeah. I've heard about that. Like, one of the things that they think people thought were mermaids was, like, a beluga because it's, like, this... Siren song in the water, high pitched. Sounds like they're singing. Yeah, like looks like a like person a f- could yeah, like have a shake face in its looking head. at you. Yeah, <laughs> just a face like floating around, like glowing Hi. in the water. <laughs> I mean, whatever. It's me, I'm whale. <laughs> they also have teeth. Like I said, they have more than one teeth. They actually have thirty six to forty. And if Ooh, you look okay. at a picture of them with their mouth open, their teeth mm-hmm. are very blunt. They're not sharp at all because they're not yeah. for chewing. They're just for holding and capturing prey because these guys do swallow fish completely whole. So the teeth are just there for, like, capturing and tearing and then just, like, knocking that shit back. I'm looking at a picture of beluga teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think from the 
World Wildlife Fund website, mm. and it's hilarious. Like, it's just like, ah! They're really and far apart. <laughs> yeah, they are. It kind of looks like, you know what it reminds me of is that um, there was like a, a game when we were kids where it was like this person's mouth, yes. but it was like everything was plastic and you had yes. to like pull the cavities out or something. That's exactly what this looks like. Yeah. Because they're like super far apart. It looks not real. <laughs> well, it is. Anywho. Anywho. Hate, continue. Hate, hate to break it to you. Mm-hmm. And then they, of course, breathe air because they're a mammal. Right. So they do right. have a spiracle, a single one on their head, which allows them to breathe. Um, and then it does have a muscular covering so that they can seal it when they're diving. So the interesting thing is that when the muscle is completely relaxed, that is when the spiracle is closed. Uh, so it requires okay. no effort to to hold their breath. It requires effort to breathe. Okay. Yikes. So it makes sense that they have to like come up and physically open it. And that right. like when they're swimming and doing other shit, they don't have to think about it. It's just shut. Is the spiracle the same thing as a blowhole? Yes. Okay, cool. So this is just like a weird fun fact <laughs> that I wrote down. Their mm-hmm. thyroid gland is larger than terrestrial mammals. Weird. It is three times as large as a horse's thyroid gland. Oh, they really honed in on the terrestrial mammal there, didn't they? They went for the strongest and most majestic one. Because when I think terrestrial mammal, I think horse. Horse. Horse, Uh, But that is just to help them maintain a greater metabolism when they are living in, like, the rivers and estuaries and shit in the summer that they live in. I also think it's it's so that whenever they see a horse on land, they can, like, spit shade at it and be like, three times bigger, bitch! (laughs) Suck on this thyroid, motherfucker! (laughs) Pretty much. And then the horse is like, aw. And the whale just, like, flips out and, and, like, smiles at it as it swims away. (laughs) Beans! Um, So they do have two oval-shaped pectoral fins that they use, obviously, for maneuvering. They kind of curl up at the tip, um, but Mm -hmm. that's just, like, their rudder helps them maintain direction. Most of the power is in their tail. Oh, same. Um, And then the way that they can regulate their body temperature through their arteries, which are feeding their fin muscles... Because they are surrounded by veins that can dilate or contract to gain or lose heat. Cool. Wasn't that the... <laughs> I'm thinking it was the narwhal, maybe, that we talked about that also had something similar. Like, they could control the oxygen flow to different parts of their body so that yes. they could dive to different depths and, like... Yeah, like, turn off withstand to, like, their, like, kidney for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like, withstand different heat and stuff. Yes. I think these guys, because of course, like they're going in like freezing, freezing, and then they're also going in like kind of warmer, so they don't want to like yeah, constantly be totally insulated, or they'd cook. That makes sense, though. That's a cool adaptation. Um, and then they have, of course, the tail fin, which is flat, and it has the two distinct lobes that are like whale tail fins. Um, and there's mm-hmm. no bones in that. Okay, boneless. Boneless wings. Give me that cauliflower fin. (laughs) And that's all their power, and they're swimming. But like I said, they're a slow swimmer, so they're kind of derpy. They're not, like, very torpedo-shaped. They're very marshmallow-shaped. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. marshmallow, because it's kind of, like, squishy, still slightly formed, doesn't have shoulders, checks all the boxes. Yes. Um, And then these guys have, of course, a dorsal ridge, like I talked about, not a dorsal fin. Mm -hmm. So they're... um, Delphinapterus lucus. Well, apterus is Greek for wingless. So these guys are wingless. They don't have their big wing. 
And that is just to help them, number one, preserve heat. Now they don't have, like, this giant thing that they have to, like, have blood running through for no reason. But also so that they can get up close against the sea ice and break it open even with that ridge. Like, the ridge is a little bit thickened and harder than the rest of their blubber. So they can actually, like, break open air holes with that. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a neat little handy thing. That makes sense, though, right? Because, like, if... I guess if they had, like, a smaller fin... There's a chance that they could damage it trying to break through ice. Yeah, it's just, like, in the way. It's just, like, having a big old nose and you're trying to, like, eat. Sniff stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to eat with this big schnoz in the way. I wish I could get to my spaghetti, but I can't. <laughs> the schnoz! I can't stop sniffing it. Um, okay, habitat. So, yes, Arctic and subarctic regions, but okay. they are seasonally migratory. Okay. So they have these migration routes, and these routes are passed down generation to generation. So they're going to teach their little babes, like, where to go and where it's safe. That's so smart. their summer sites get blocked with ice in the winter. So in the autumn, they move to spend winter in the open sea. Okay. So in the winter, they're in the sea. In the summer, they go in. Because then they can get in. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So they... um. Spend time in estuaries and waters of the continental shelf, but on occasion they do actually go physically up rivers. They've even found, like, a couple that were kind of crazy. So in 2006, they found a beluga carcass near Fairbanks, Alaska, which, by the way, is 1,100 miles away from the ocean. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Someone took a wrong turn. Yeah. And so they think, too, like, sometimes they're following um, fish. So if, like, salmon are breeding and, like, moving Yeah, but that's a long way to follow. Yeah, he was lost, okay. (laughs) Very lost. That's me as a beluga. I cannot find my way out of a fucking paper bag. (laughs) It's pretty funny. It's so true. Uh, But, yeah, so these estuaries are safe havens for calves. Um, A lot less predators. I thought you were going to say cats. (laughs) Cats are safe, too. It's a it's safe haven cat for safe all. safe haven. That's yes. nice. Um, but yeah, and then, like I said, the babies will go to the same estuary that their mother did. And even as adults, sometimes they go back and they, like, say hi to their mommy. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, they're, like, mature adults. And they go and they're like, there's my mom! I love it. I love it, too. That's really good. Um, and then their migration season is due to the amount of daylight, which... Okay, I guess that makes sense, like, with the seasons, that kind of ties in. Yeah, and, like, how, like, sometimes there's, like, no daylight in, like, Alaska and shit. I don't know how that works, but... But it do. There's a bunch of different populations of beluga whales, which I'll kind of get into later. So some of these populations that are in these specific areas actually don't migrate because they don't have to. Okay. So there are some that are in Cook Inlet, which is, um... It's a very famous population, which is in the Gulf of Alaska to Anchorage. That's like a little gulf inlet. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's an inlet. There's the St. Lawrence River, which is kind of like Canada-y. Oh, okay. (laughs) Looks like it's like above Maine and shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I... It's the Great Lakes with the Atlantic Ocean. So they're kind of... You said they're in the Arctic, so they kind of wrap around the entire... Like globe though, right? Because oh, they're yeah. kind of like in the every whole hemisphere. Top of okay, the got it. Yep. Got it. Just like that whole circle on top of the globe. Mm-hmm. Just like touch Alaska and spin the globe, and that's like pew all the whales. It's like it's like reindeer, but in the sea, like the reindeer of the sure, sea. Sure, yeah. And then okay, and then Cumberland Sound is the other, which is a sound in Canada. Those also do not migrate. 
And which is, of course, Benedict Cumberbatch's birthplace. <laughs> Cumberland Sound. Yes. <laughs> Gross. So they're, like, already in little safe inlets, like, 24-7, so they don't need to migrate. Cool. Um, but they do like to hang out in shallow water close to the coast, but they do feed and give birth in deeper water where they can kind of wash them back. Stretch out. Yeah. Yeah. You just need a little bit more room. Yeah. They are opportunistic feeders, meaning that they just kind of, like, will eat anything they find. Um, but they do like Arctic cod, northern shrimp, Pacific salmon, fish, squid, crabs, clams, octopus, sea snails, bristle worms. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, they'll eat fucking anything. Like the full menu at Red Lobster. Yeah. Um, but they usually eat like two and a half to three percent of their body weight a day. Oh, that's a lot, so right? So they are eating a lot, yeah. So they're foraging anywhere from 20 to 40 meters down, but they can go up to 700 meters down. Oh, that's a big range. Yeah, I guess. But the thing is, you know, they want to be eating, like, they like shit on the ground. Like, they like these little clams and crabs and shit, so they're going to, like, the bottom. So that's why they kind of prefer the shallower water, where, like, they don't have to go as deep Mm -hmm. to get to the bottom. But they use that super flexible neck so that they're, like, vertical, but they can, like, tilt their head down to, like, see what's there. And then, if you're looking at a picture of them, they have, like, these luscious lips. They do. I was just thinking about that. That like it's like a beak. Yeah, they have like beautiful, flexible lips, and they can actually like flex those, and they can suck and spit water. Okay, this is the part of the podcast where we enter the not safe for work portion. (laughs) Kids, if you're listening, take off your headphones. Parents, if you're listening, make sure it's not at work. All right, you're welcome. Headphones. Yeah, because they would be listening. Oh. No, just Don't stop unplug listening. Them. Just like take it off. I get it. I get <laughs> just it. take them off. Play it to kids. Play it to all your classmates. <laughs> um, Some ass backwards advice. <laughs> <laughs> so they can suck up the water and they can forcefully expel it to uncover prey hidden in the like sand on the bottom of the ocean. Yummy. Then they can also use suction to suck it into their mouth. That's a good party trick. So if they've got like a little crabby and he's like running away, they're just like. <laughs> Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Fucking gotcha. God, we don't have any skills as humans. Gotcha. Honestly, like, hearing about all these cool things that animals do that are just, like, so suave and Listen, so cool. speak for your fucking self. I can slurp spaghetti like a fucking beluga. Are you joking? <laughs> yeah, but that spaghetti is also not trying to flee from your plate. <laughs> you don't know what kind of spaghetti I eat. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> it's worms. It's a plate full of worms. Plate of scared fleeing worms. No, ew! I don't like that. It would be you know it would taste bitter. Taste their fear. Anywho, uh, yeah. And then these guys are super social and really cute. So they do work cooperatively to feed on like shoals of fish. Shoals of fish? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you were saying a weird way of saying schools of fish. Well, I mean, a shoal is like a. I guess it's like... I didn't know that that was a thing. And okay. so I thought you were just saying school, school in a, in a like, very way. uppity uh, way. <laughs> a shoal? No. A shoal's a word for okay, a, great. Like, a big amount of fish. Guys, you learn something new every day. Okay. That's the point of this. So I'm glad that... <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I don't deal with fish ever. Like, I eat it at restaurants. That's it. I, deal I don't, fish I don't feed it to my... Basis. Yeah, I don't feed it to my animals. They don't eat fish. They're nowhere near oceans. I'm 90% <laughs> I don't, fish. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't. 
none of the animals, no. I worked with, I think, two animals total that ate fish regularly, and that's it. That's some donk. I know, and I've worked with a pretty good variety. It was an otter and a bear. <laughs> and they're even terrestrial mammals, so like it's not like they're out there. I know, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I guess you did. I've worked with a shit ton of stuff that eats fish, man. <laughs> because I worked with a bird that we fed fish to sometimes. I don't know. Yeah, you worked with the cranes, didn't you? They ate fish. Yeah, but not... Anyways, I'm not a fish expert is the point of this. So yeah. I, you could have been saying uh, shoal, and I would have been like, oh, a fancy school. Not that pretentious. A. B. Uh, that's a lie. I'm not that pretentious. Again, but <laughs> uh, under B instead of A. Listener poll. Oh, no. Is Flora pretentious? They don't get to fucking yes, chime in. No. <laughs> now that you've listened to her for 50 odd episodes, is she pretentious? Someone's going to go back and listen to this one. They're going to have skipped it as a stroke of weird minor luck, and then they'll come back and be like, <laughs> wow, they're speaking to me directly. <laughs> me, Kevin of Utah. <laughs> oh my God. They can't listen to this in Utah. Yeah, we're banned from Utah. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Hey, fun fact, slight tangent, I'm actually banned from visiting Sundance, Wyoming. So, like, no one out there sick a bounty hunter on me. Where the fuck is that, even? I don't think you want to visit there, so that's fine. It's in Wyoming. Yeah. I was driving through, I was driving through for, um, some sort of sports event. I'm not gonna say what sports event. (laughs) And for, for one reason or another... I cannot return. So you guys just use your imagination and think about what happened. Maybe it adds to my credentials as like a badass. Maybe it takes away from my credentials as a badass. It's a choose your own adventure. So choose your own adventure. I'm alarmed. I'll tell you off the air. Okay. Um, These guys have a really complex sense of hearing. Obviously, they have a lot of complex vocalizations that they make. So they do have a very highly developed auditory complex. Um, Mm -hmm. And then when they're getting, okay, they're sending shit out of their melon, right? Like, noises are like, meow, 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 from their forehead. Just like, pew, 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 pew. And then the other beluga is like, nom, 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 nom. And those sounds are actually coming through his lower jaw. <laughs> what? He's receiving them through his lower jaw and then transmitting it to his middle ear to actually, like, listen and comprehend what he is hearing. I can't even comprehend that. Yeah. It's the truth. <laughs> okay. Truth hurts. Uh, they can see really well, I guess, really well. They can see. They can see in and out of the water. So they have, like, vision, um, both in air and in the water. Uh, but they don't have a sense of smell, so don't bother. Okay. With that. Whatever you're going to do, don't bother. Are you still there? Don't bother. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> They're really highly sociable, so let's get into behavior. Um, so they Were do... you just waiting for me? <laughs> yes, just yell at you. Ew, again. unbelievable. <laughs> um, okay. They're really highly sociable, so they do form pods, anywhere from two individuals to 25, but on average, there's at least 10. But they're very unstable, so they're shifting, um... Someone can, like, peace out. Someone can peace in. And they're usually um, led by a dominant male who's kind of leading the charge. Mm-hmm. 
but they're cooperative um, and they like to have fun. So they'll play with each other. They'll like play fight with each other. They'll rub on each other, try to get that like excess skin off. Um, and they just like like being together all the time. It's cute. Okay, that's good. I like that. They're very curious then. I mean, like, we kind of picture all marine mammals as that way, just because I feel like their intelligence is high, so their um, propensity to, like, want to know what's happening is there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a sentence. Um, So they've been seen playing with stuff, like playing with pieces of wood, plants, playing with dead fish. (laughs) Of (laughs) course, there it is. Um, and, like, other whales, like, flowing through their bubbles that they're making. Um, just, like, mm-hmm. being ridiculous. They even... Okay, this is just fun. This is a fun Santa fact. They found one just, like, carrying the skeleton of a dead reindeer on his head for, like, miles. <laughs> what? Just, like, swimming with a dead reindeer skeleton. What? Yeah. That's Remember? grisly. I'm glad that we're recording this right after Christmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Christmas is over, kids. He's dead. I thought there was a picture. I I don't think there is one. I feel like we hear that a lot, though, with those animals that tend to have, like, a higher level of intelligence and cognitive awareness. They Mm -hmm. also, like, they're very playful, but the trade-off that comes with that is they're also, like, insane. Yeah. And they do, like, really weird shit. Like, carry a skeleton of a dead reindeer for miles. Yeah, exactly. Like, you see the same thing with, like, dolphins, chimpanzees, humans are in that category. Like, we all do, like, weird things Mm -hmm. because we're too smart to know what to do with our stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's a whole, that's a whole thing. I have very specific thoughts on the idea of, like, like, the, the best or, like, the most intelligent animal or the most, like, perfectly adapted animal or whatever. And I just think, like, People a lot of times automatically assume that, like, humans are, like, the best, the smartest, the most amazing, whatever. And that's not the case. No, we're awful. Exactly. Like, with, like, high intelligence comes, like, high drawbacks as well. Like, chimpanzees, for instance, are known to, like, cannibalize each other. Not that it, like, happens every day, but there's a lot of other animals that aren't eating each other. So, we're, like, 100% not highly adapted for our environment. That's why we've had to fuck it up so much so we can actually live Exactly. And, like, we trip over things, like, minor things. I tripped over a one-inch ledge the other day, and People it nearly killed me. People don't children, so there's that. <laughs> I walked into a bedpost today, and now I have a lump on my thigh. I got the measles. Did you? Yes. You did? <laughs> and I'm dead. I'm seven, and I'm dead, because my mom didn't vaccinate me. Oh, this was all a twist. <laughs> the classic <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan twist. <laughs> 40 episodes in, she was a seven-year-old dead measles girl the whole time. (laughs) Oh, my God. This has been a very long ad for measles prevention. Talk to your doctor. (laughs) This is it. Talk to your doctor about measles vaccination. So these guys swim really slowly because they're big, flat, flat, flabby marshmallow blobbers in the ocean. Cute. Not very hydrodynamic, so they can swim like, I don't know, two to six miles per hour, which is pretty fucking slow. <laughs> That's like the speed that I have in the water. But, maybe. fun fact, they can swim backwards. I cannot do that. Nobody can. Let me Google okay. it really quick. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say they're the only whale that can swim backwards. Interesting facts. They can swim backwards. Ten interesting facts. The beluga can swim backwards. All right, it's can. confirmed. Unlike other whales, it can swim backwards. Yeah, I don't cool. think anybody else can. They can. I feel like maybe some fish can, but like yeah, we're not talking about like fish. Whale, whale-wise, they're the only whales. 
Whales only look to the future. They're not looking at the past. Beluga's These guys, are slipping through the time stream. Well, they can look left and right, up and down to the past or the future. They have a neck. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's the difference. There's a neck. There's a neck. Um, so these guys, just like their blubbery body shape lead you to believe, they do not porpoise out of the air like dolphins do. Okay. Yeah, but they I do would expect. something called um, spy hopping. They don't like porpoise out of the water, but they do sometimes like lift their head out of the water to see like what the fuck is going on. And that's called spy hopping, which I think almost all whales do. And they just like do like a vertical little just like boop out of the water just to like look around really quick. See what's going on. Check it out. Mm-hmm. See what the stitch is. Um, so they can do that. Which was less exciting than porpoising out of the water. But it's something. It's still cool. I like it. Um, do do do. Here's just some weird stuff that I wrote down. So usually, I guess on average, they dive to 66 feet down. They can hold their 66 breath. 66 feet? Yeah. It's very specific. <laughs> That's what I wrote. They hit... They hit 67, they're like, mm gotta go back. This is not average. I must leave. Too far. <laughs> so they can hold their breath three to five minutes, but um, up to 18. So again, they're really not going that deep and like that long. They gotta breathe. Mm-hmm. But they have a different system that does help them conserve oxygen under the water. They can actually reduce their heart rate. That's impressive. So their heart rate can go from 100 beats per minute down to 12, which is, like, a lot less. That's a lot less. That's very slow. That's, like, past sleeping. That's coma. And then, when we were talking about earlier with the narwhals, they can also divert their blood flow away from their tissues um, to make sure that it goes to their brain, heart, and lungs, specifically. I thought you were going to say divert it away from their titties. And I almost got I mean, I guess really excited too, about it. They are a mammal, so they do have titties. Yeah, you gotta divert it away. Those are non-essential when things are hitting the fan. You exactly. Gotta, you gotta look out for, like, the heart and other stuff. The titties come second. Um, and they also have myoglobin in their muscle, which stores oxygen in their muscle. Oh, yes! That's what the narwhal did, too! Yeah, so they just have a lot of different ways to just, like, breathe underwater without breathing underwater. That's nuts to me. Um, okay, reproduction. My notes. Tell me about it. I'm like... I'm going to create a, a little bit of ambiance while you look for it. Ready? Yeah. Am I playing like a fucking online? What are those like little flash games that like people made that we played when we were like seven years old on the internet? That's what this sounds like. Anyway, they're sexually mature between four and seven. Uh, why did I write that? I wrote females four and nine. I guess maybe the females are mature between four and nine. Um, they usually give birth for the first time at around eight and a half. But when they reach 25, their fertility does start to decrease. So there's a window between like eight and 25 that they need to do it. But they only have one calf every three years, which is a really long time. But that's because they're keeping their babies for a long time. So there's a mating uh, season um, between February and May. And then gestation is 12 to f- 15 months? Is that what that says? 12 to 17 and a half months. That's a long time. That's also a wide range. <laughs> that's, a really, that's a long time. Um, on average, the ones that we have in 
uh, zoos and aquariums and shit, they have a 15.8 month gestation. So that's probably more accurate. Smack dab in the middle, isn't it? Their babies come out at about 4.9 feet long and at 180 pounds and of course are that gray color. Oh my god, that's so big. They can swim immediately good because they're born underwater. Immediately good. (laughs) (laughs) And they can nurse underwater underwater is what this word is they can also nurse underwater duh so does that mean they just like make like a suction seal with their mouth yeah actually yeah that's why they got those lips (laughs) them lips though (laughs) that Um, lip power that's cool so they're pretty dependent on their mommies and they nurse for a long time after about a year they do get their upper teeth so they can start supplementing their diet but they're still going to be nursing and they nurse until they're about 20, year, 20 years old. They nurse oh until they're 20. Until <laughs> some scene. They nurse until they're 20 months old. Oh, my God. Okay, that's better. But sometimes over two years. Okay, well, still better than 20 years. Yes. And we do see a lot of alloparenting. Do you know what that is? Is that where both parents actually have an active role? Wrong! That's co-parenting. <laughs> Damn it. Alloparenting is caring from other females. So other girls are like, yeah, oh. girl, we'll babysit. Go live your life. Oh, that sisterhood, man. But it's so severe that they actually produce milk. So other females who didn't have a calf will produce milk to care for calves in the pod. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, that's really nice. That's like if you had a baby and I started lactating. I would hate that. <laughs> That's exactly I would what hate we're that. talking about. I would hate that. Well, you wouldn't have a choice, would you? I would hate that. No, you wouldn't. Nope. You'd have to nurse my baby. Here's get, a question. I would get rid of your baby. <laughs> no. Keep him or her. Or they. Here's a question. <laughs> God. Uh, so, like, I just want you to suspend, like, everything you know about science really quick. And just join me on this, like, imagination journey. Yes. Exactly. Just, like, wipe it clean. Enter the space with me. So imagine the only thing that's, like, dictating that the beluga whale calf is able to, like, hang out and chill underwater right after birth and, like, nurse underwater and do its own thing, whatever, is because it was born in the water. Okay? Like, say that that's the only thing. Then you transfer that knowledge that you just gained to humans where, like, a human woman gives birth and the baby, it's like a water birth. They give, you know, the baby's in the water. And then say you just kind of keep that baby there. Do you think that baby would then, like, like be able to, like, hang out underwater and just be like, oh, I live underwater now? Maybe if you, like, pressed a little bit on, like, the top of their neck or something, you get, like, a little blowhole going. And, like, maybe that's how we make our way to whaledom. I'm going to have nightmares about all of <laughs> Is this the sequel to Tusk? It fucking feels like it, and I hate it. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, Picturing so, but someone, is like, there, like a guess or a no? <laughs> in the back of, like, a claymation baby's neck and, like, making a fucking blowhole. Seems I mean, like the baby can like do it themselves. Uh, I don't like this. <laughs> Wait, how about if the baby just developed no. it? Like, it no. hung out there long no. enough. No. And it just sort of, like, caved in at the, like, little lump on the spine. Oh, my God. No? I hate Kay. this. <laughs> okay. Guys, this is why you don't record a podcast while drinking beer. <laughs> this is why you don't record a podcast with your weird fucking friend. 
I'm the weird friend. I'm the weird friend. I'm the weird friend. Okay, great. And we asked earlier if Flora was pretentious. I think we have our answer. Spoiler who's, alert. Okay, another yes. poll. Who's the weird one? <laughs> Just before this podcast started, you were talking to me about your cat's poopies. So that... <laughs> Excuse me, you talked to me about that constantly. Also, this episode is now have... It now has three polls in it. <laughs> That's obscene. They don't engage with us that much. We now just cut it down. And the polls don't really relate, so it's becoming, like... It's becoming too wild. <laughs> It's irrational. It's irrational. I'm sweating. No. <laughs> Let's talk about whales, shall we? Please, God. They were born as whales and shall stay as whales. <laughs> Forevermore, they are whales. So. No other species will muddy the bloodline. <laughs> okay, so when they first were like being like, how old do whale get? They were counting the layers of dentin in their teeth, like a tree ring, like, oh, this tooth. And they were like, okay, there's two layers of dentin a year. So they only get to be about 30 years old. And then in 2006, they did like a radiocarbon fucking dating of their dentin. And they're like, nah, brah, it's one a year. These bitches 80. (laughs) So yeah, now it's like they think they live up to 70 to 80 years. Okay, well, that's still a long time. they like live in the Arctic and like there's not a lot. So like the ones like in zoos and aquariums and stuff, like, I don't know. I don't know. There's, like, always that one whale that, like, lives 140. Like, my great-grandfather lived, like, 103. I am not going to live that long. Yeah. He was ancient. And he was, like, driving. I don't even know. What? Okay. you can't – everyone always bases, like, the fucking outlier on, like, the median. And, like, that's not how it works. Like, just because my great-grandfather lived 103 doesn't mean everybody – like, it's not our mean life expectancy. So when you tell right. people, like, how long do humans live, you don't say, like, oh, 1 to 103 is our fucking range. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's different, too, with, like, the larger the animal gets, sometimes the shorter their lifespan is. Not always, but it just depends, because you have, like, a larger heart, you know? Right. And a lot of times that heart stops working. But then there's, like, that big-ass tortoise, and he's, like, 700 million years old. <laughs> yeah, but they're also aliens, so that we right. can't really, like, compare them. It's right potato and tomato so anyway they live a long time Mm -hmm. okay so vocalization communication wise obviously they use it a lot they use sounds to communicate but they also use echolocation Mm -hmm. so they use a lot of uh so to like echolocate they use these rapid clicking noises you can't hear them they then go through that melon the melon has, like, an acoustic fucking, it acts as, like, a lens. And it just, like, focuses focuses those clicks into just, like, a fucking laser beam. Just, like, and then it transmits okay. it four times faster than sound and air. No. Because sound, see- sound travels faster in water, right? Yeah. 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 Okay, so four times faster. It's just, like, pew, 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 pew. Okay, then it hits something, right? It, like, echolocates onto, like, I don't know, a fucking crab. Fucking crabby. The bottom of the ocean. crab gets knocked into space. He gets fucking annihilated. It echoes back, (laughs) slaps that guy in his fucking lower jaw, and he's like, damn, dude, I know that that crab is 30 feet away. It is going at a speed of one meter an hour. It is the shape of a crab, and it is five feet long. And a big crab. (laughs) That's a big crab. So, yeah, it knows distance, speed, shape, and size just from echolocation. So, that's also... That's one of those things, like, I just can't compute. 
Like, it's very cool, but I cannot wrap my head around it. Well, try. I have. Yeah, it's am insane. Am I stupid? <laughs> Wait, am I dumb? Am I no, stupid? it's insane. I wish we could do it. I guess that's what the Daredevil show is all about, right? Oh, spoilers. What? I've never even seen it. <laughs> Spoiler? He blonde! Just kidding. In episode one, in like the first five minutes, you find out his whole shtick. I think he's blind from even before the show starts, right? Or well, does he yeah. get blinded? Oh, I don't know. No, 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 no. Yeah, so this is like, this is a difference because when the show starts, you join him as a blind man. But in the Nightmare. previously adapted yeah. movie with Ben Affleck, he gets like, I don't know. I don't even remember. I was going to say it's ashes. Yeah, I was going to say that. But <laughs> ashes showed his eyes. Could I be any dumber? Any I don't concern. know. <laughs> ashes thrown at his shoal of fish. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Yes. Okay. All of those things. No, it's insane. And they also can use echolocation to find air holes, which is super helpful. That is really helpful. And Especially since so they, they like, need them to drown. breathe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, again, canaries of the sea. So, um, you're going to be like, whoa, you know, you said you make all those noises in their melon because, yeah, they mm-hmm. don't have any vocal cords. This is not coming from their mouth or their, like, throat. So, they're basically just, like, a psychic-type Pokemon. Just like, yeah. And it's just produced by, like, moving air, basically. And they have, like, 11 different sounds is what I wrote. Most vocal of all, like, whale things. It's a lot, though. Yeah. Especially considering the range. I feel like with the case of marine mammals, you either get sort of like the high-pitched, like, end of stuff with, like, clicks and whistles, or yeah. you get like, the low-pitched, like, right. end of things. And then this, but like, these guys kind of just marshmallow like, is like, here we go. I'm flitting between everything. I'm a gate. I'm, an, I'm a whale. I'm a big whale. I'm a <laughs> whistle. Like, you don't know where I'm coming from. Catch me if you can. <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> Um, okay, so, population-wise, this is where it gets weird, okay? Okay. So, usually animals have, like, a range, and they're, like, all across that range. Mm-hmm. These guys are actually broken down into 29 distinct subpopulations. Good grief. Okay, so, they were previously listed as near-threatened, mm-hmm. and then they were like, nah, man, they're least concern. So, right now, I think they're listed as a whole as least concern. But then mm-hmm. the subpopulations are listed individually, which is fucking dumb. So okay. the Cook Inlet population is actually critically endangered. Oh, that's not good. No, it's not. What's happening in that inlet? Lots of bad stuff. People making sinlets. Get it? Because it's like sin. Sin. It's like so a sin. So let's talk about things that kill okay, great. whales. Okay. Humans. Hunt- hunting. Yes. Hunting used to be huge, and that, like, decimated beluga whale populations, and they still have not recovered. No. So, um, they were hunting them in, like, every country. Like, I don't know. Russia was huge. They were killing, like, 4,000 a year. From- well, it makes some goddamn sense if you're, like, hunting an animal that takes 15.8 months or whatever to, like, have a baby. Yeah, and they swim six miles an hour. Gotcha. Yeah, Hot come up. on. Yeah. So, from 1915 to 2014, Russia killed 86,000 beluga whales. Ooh, not good. Yeah. In the 1920s, fishermen were like, they're eating all our fish. And so the government of Quebec That's was what like, they do. Yeah. They were like, hey, we'll give you 15 bucks for everyone you kill. Aw. Yeah, what the fuck? So, <laughs> now. Yeah. I guess Tell me. If we just talk about hunting, mm-hmm. now they are protected. 
Mm. Okay, so there's a couple of things. So, um, like I said, prior to 2008, they were vulnerable, whatever. Now they're near threatened, whatever. But the Endangered Species Act is protecting the Cook Inlet population, which is critically endangered. Nice. And okay, then, of course, that's good. in 1972, there was the Marine Mammal Protection Act yeah. of the United States Congress passed, which outlaws the persecution and hunting of all marine mammals within United States coastal waters. However, it still allows subsistence hunting by Native people, which oh, okay. is not a big deal. However, they were so persecuted previously that it's not helping, but obviously whatever the native people are still gonna do their thing and that's fair i guess mm-hmm. yeah um okay so that sucks all of that sucks they also get predated upon okay so they can get trapped in ice they're very highly susceptible to climate change because they're so um perfectly adapted to this like freezing cold environment and like weird estuaries right. and shit so as like ice melts and freezes and whatever that fucks up their whole life yeah so they can get triped trapped they can get trapped. <laughs> they can get trapped. <laughs> they can get trapped in ice. Uh, a fucking polar bear can smell a beluga a fucking light year away. Um, yeah. And then he can, like, post up at breathing holes. And as they come up to breathe, he can just, like, swipe at them, grab them, and drag them up onto the ice. That's horrific. So they've even seen a 150-kilogram bear drag a 935-kilogram whale out of the water. Oh yeah, yike! Ouch. Uh, and then they also get predated upon by killer whales. Okay, so not so great. And again, all of that is fine, except for the fact that we like murdered the shit out of them, and so now it's like not fine. Right. Also, these guys, because they live so long, and because they're very high on the top of the food web, they are a very good indicator of environmental health. So they're called a sentinel oh, yeah. species. Sentinel species. Is that the same as a keystone species? Um, no. Well, okay. I mean, I think, like, importance-wise, yes. But I think the sentinel part is, in this instance, is just saying that they're an indicator of, like, environmental health. Like how okay. frogs, like, tell you whether or not, like, shit's dying. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. So I think that's what they're saying when they're saying sentinel in this instance. But I, th- I think belugas are also a keystone species. Okay. So, DDT, lead... And mercury have been found in the St. Lawrence River population. God, is that a surprise? Like, that affects so many animals. And it's been proven, like, time and time again. Yes. So much so that carcasses that wash ashore of beluga whales are treated as toxic waste. (gasps) Ugh. Yes. They did a study of, I think, the St. Lawrence River population. They took 129 from that population 27% of that population had cancer, which is higher than all other populations of beluga whales. So, like, St. Lawrence River is, like, a fucking cesspit of pollution. That sucks. It do. Um, we also see... Is that through, like, a populated area, or is it just, like, drifting? Uh, I don't know. Because I wouldn't be surprised by, like, the latter. Right. I think it's, um, a large river... Oh, okay. In yeah. The middle latitudes of North America. It connects the Great Lakes with the Atlantic Ocean. Primary ja- drainage outflow of the Great Lakes Basin. Okay. Traverses provinces of Quebec and Ontario, part of the boundary between Ontario, Canada, and New York. I mean, that's one of those things, though, right? Like, people constantly think that what they're doing, like, either for the good or for the bad or neutral, isn't, like, making a difference. 
But that sort of thing is something that like drifts out to sea and that you never really see. So it's like out of sight, out of mind. Right. But at the same time, you know, you don't think about those things affecting animals that live in remote areas because you're like, oh, they're like safe. They're far enough away. But that stuff, it like makes a huge difference. Yes. Especially because it compounds. It always compounds on something else. So even if you think you're remote, you're not. <laughs> yeah. So that's all fucked up. It's just a fucked Aww. up place to be. Yeah. Um, we also have seen issues with acoustic contamination. So belugas are highly communicative. Yeah. And yeah. have a very large auditory complex. So yeah. they've seen like whale watching boats and increase of boat activity is actually acoustically contaminating the water making the water like louder and busier and that yes. animals are avoiding those areas so they actually yeah, found, it, like, gives them a like headache yes they found statistical correlation between beluga traffic in an area i didn't write down what area but whatever and boat activity the beluga traffic was actually down 60 percent Whew, that's a lot yeah like statistically significant that was correlated like yes that sucks it do. And that's, like, directly our fault. I mean, like, most of this is directly our... All of this is directly our fault. What, am I, what are we kidding? I know. Our whole lives. Everything. That sucks. Um, okay, so it all sucks. So, okay, like, captivity-wise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, I'm just gonna preface this by saying, like, we've had people email us and tell us, like, you're not supposed to say the word captivity anymore. Like, say in human care. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't say, like, exhibit. Say habitat. And I appreciate all of that and like i totally get it i also just feel like that is such a slippery slope if we let these people use our words against us like inherently there's nothing wrong with the word captivity they are in captivity like we're not trying to fool anybody they are in exhibits we call it fancy shit but at the end of the day like it is what it is so i think when we let people like take a little bit take a little bit take a little bit like by the end of the day we're not gonna be able to fucking say anything (laughs) Yeah, but I think at the same time, too, like, language evolves, and, like, the meaning behind words evolves, and I think it's really important to be careful of the types of words that you use, because they can change. You know, things that meant something even 20 years ago could be different today, and so I think it's important that we, like, update the language that we use, and I agree, I don't I don't think it's a good idea to, like, continually, like, give in to different things, because I think it potentially weakens our argument overall but at the same time i think the fact that like take for instance the word habitat i think the fact that that has changed so much is due to the fact that the the industry itself has changed so much as well yeah like you know we don't refer to animals living in cages anymore because they actually don't live in cages anymore like most of the time our animals are living in specially constructed habitats that are meant to mimic their natural environment. So it's a more fitting word to use habitat as opposed to cage because it is an updated version and it's a truthful version of what's actually happening. Yeah. And so I think like I think in some aspects it is good to update that language. I think in other aspects, you know, you can definitely like pose the argument that like it is the same thing you're just calling it by a different name. Um But, I mean, like, humans are so tricky, too, because we have such an emotional response to things, and we always make things about ourselves. And so, a lot of times, it can help change the mindset, or not mindset, but it can help change, like, I guess the the outlook on the types of things that zoos do and the good that zoos do by helping paint it in a more accurate light by using different language. So, I, like... 
I'm with you on some things, but, like, I think there is value in changing some of the ways that we talk about things. Yeah. Because I think, too, like, there's such a long history of humans. For instance, like, talking about captivity as something, like, actually in, like, a jailed situation. And, yeah, technically these animals, like, we're not allowing them to leave. But at the same time, it's for better reasons than you probably think Mm -hmm. and so i think it's just a it's a matter of context and a lot of times it takes a really long time and a lot of conversations and a lot of verbiage to explain the context of that and that's not something zoos always have the luxury to do so they're trying to like give the most accurate verbiage to be able to explain what's actually going on and like i said we make everything about ourselves so we take the word captivity and think like oh they're in jail and it's like not really though you know like yes to a certain degree you are right but you're also wrong in a number of ways too and so i don't know i think it's like a tricky subject and yeah Yeah. i'm with you on part of that and i think it's just yeah it's tough because i definitely like i mean i think habitat's good i still say exhibit but i mean habitat's fine um Mm -hmm. but i also think it's then empowering them to even use those words against us further Sure, I think, because yeah, totally I can definitely like, see oh, that. Because we've been like, oh, well, they're in human care. And then you're like, well, captivity? And then you're like, oh, oh, God, we don't say that anymore. Uh. But it's like, no, like, I don't know. I just feel like it's... Yeah. And then what's next? We can't say in human care. Oh, we have to say in non, like, recreational, real-life rooms with yeah. doors <laughs> that I walk inside. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, what's next? Yeah, and I think, unfortunately, a lot of this is distracting from the actual Exactly, exactly. Like, sit down and, like, and that's, ugh, the stupid fucking power words is so bullshit. Curse words are bullshit. We made up language. Your sanctuary is not a sanctuary. Like, I just fucking, it drives me nuts. I just hate it. And, like, a lot of it is, like, letting people empower those words in different ways. So that's why I just, like, fucking, they take an inch, they take a mile. Like, it just pisses me off. So anyway, this whole time I'm going to say in captivity because (laughs) I'm talking about the history of animals in captivity. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's fine. I think as long as, like, you have an understanding and you explain where it's coming from, I think it's totally fine. And obviously you have a number of times. And I think a lot of times, too, this conversation comes up when it's connected to marine mammals because that's such, a, like, a buzzword right now and, like, such a hot topic these days. People are yeah. constantly talking about marine mammals. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think that's one of the situations where regardless of what you call their habitat – when they're in human care, like when they're in certifiable places that are looking out for their best interests, people aren't going to care what you call it because they're still going to be like, well, they're <laughs> yeah. trapped, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, I think it's it. easy to look everything. at like, I think it's easy easy to look at like an orca or a beluga whale or a dolphin or something like big and charismatic in that regard and look at a tank having no background whatsoever except maybe like a quick Wikipedia search. And so you go and you see that and you're just like, nah, it's not big enough. And a lot of times that's an ill-informed idea. Like, sure, sometimes maybe you're right, but 99% of the time what you're looking at is, like, legitimate, especially if you're looking at accredited facilities, one accreditation facility or another. Like, a lot goes into it. And so I think it just becomes this huge situation where people just blow everything out of context and they lose sight of what they're actually trying to talk about. And I think... I think especially, like, no one no one brings up this argument when you're talking about an animal you know nothing about. Like, when someone brings up an animal, like an insect or a herp or a bird of some kind that they know nothing about, and then they look at a habitat and they're just like, eh, whatever, and they think nothing of it. And then they look at a beluga whale and they're like, well, that's too small. And it's like, 
okay, like, I'm happy to have this conversation with you, but at the same time, did you have the same idea with every other animal you've seen here, or are you just talking about this one because it's, like, in the news and because it's, like, in your public awareness? Yeah. I don't know. That's just, like, that sort of thing drives me nuts. Like, people look at the big charismatic animals and they're like, they need to do better, and it's like, okay, but, like, have you thought about every other animal? Or do you only think about the ones that, like, have a cute face? I know. It's like, why aren't you outraged about all of them? What about this fucking frog, huh? Huh? Yeah, seriously. Or what about this, like, stick bug that you, like, didn't even know existed until five seconds ago? And you actually just, like, walked by. And you're like, well, whatever. That was nothing. It's just cool to care, man. Hashtag save Coney. Wait, was it save Coney? Free Coney? (laughs) Defeat Coney? (laughs) Defeat. What was it? Seal seal him in the dark realm. (laughs) I don't know what it was. Do you remember Coney? And I think everyone cared for, like, a minute. Yeah, I think it was, like, free... I think we were supposed Coney, to kill maybe? Coney. No, I think he was the bad guy. <laughs> I think we were supposed to kill him. I think we were supposed to seal him in another dimension. I think we were supposed to do a lot of things, and we didn't, because we didn't have the proper tools, and because everyone jumped on the bandwagon. Social media failed us once again. There it is. Anyway. Anywho. So anywho, whales anywho. have actually been in captivity for a very long time. They actually were one of the first whales in captivity, not a zoo or an aquarium. It was in a mm-hmm. fucking museum. The Barnum's Museum in New York City in 1861. Mm-hmm. So at that time, Canada was the source for all the beluga whales. They were getting them from them. Um, a lot were taken from the St. Lawrence River. And then in 1992, that was, like, banned. So, like, you can't take whales out anymore. Okay. And then, but according to some people, we constantly do it every single day. Well, so here's the thing. In, like a little while we're not gonna have beluga whales in captivity anymore because they're dying because they're not breeding that well so if we don't take them then we don't have them anymore and then people won't care about them and then the saint lawrence river ones will probably just eat ddt until they fucking turn into toxic waste Mm -hmm. so there's that i think it's i just think it's another scenario and it's so like it's such a situation where i just want to like smash my head into a wall because as much as you try to explain it to people, sometimes it just doesn't stick. And I think it's that, like, psychological phenomenon where people believe, like, something that they read or something they were told more so than, like, actual factual evidence they're presented with. And that wins out over anything else. But it's just, like, it's, like, for the most part, and I don't know how many times we can tell people this, but, like, for the most part, animals are not taken from the wild anymore. And we, like, explain why we explain the history of it if you guys are interested in learning more about that i would recommend checking out our zoo part one and two episodes we go into a lot of that um and we talk about like certain exceptions to that rule like for the instance injured or rehabbed animals or whatever but then there is the situation where some animals do get pulled and um they're pulled into like zoological facilities or aquariums or whatever and I think people just, like, see that as such a terrible thing. It's like, hot take. But it's like... You want to adopt that kid from that, like, poor country, but you won't let us, like, take this, like, DDT-ravaged whale into, like, better places? <laughs> yeah, and at the same time, too, like, well, I think even the stakes are higher because, like, humans are currently in no danger of going extinct. This animal, if this thing isn't done, is gonna disappear forever. Like, it's not even a matter of, like, oh, it might not, or, like, oh, whatever. Like, this animal is going to a situation where it's, like, going to receive the best care possible 
to save its species. If we don't do this, there aren't going to be any more. So, right. like, wh- you know, I just don't understand that people are like, well, it's better that they're free. But it's like, that's such, like, an anthropomorphized topic anyways. Yes. I don't know. It's just, it's infuriating because it's like, you go round and round and you try yeah. to have, like, conversations about this stuff and then sometimes it goes well but a lot of times it just like derails and it's so frustrating because like you're on two different levels like one person i think we've talked about this before too but one person is coming with like factual evidence and trying to like have a conversation and acknowledge that person's feelings and like make sure that they understand what's going on and the other person a lot of time is just like no you're like taking them and you're doing all this stuff and it's like no you don't understand i'm trying to tell you what we're doing yeah it's just frustrating and this comes up all the time with marine mammals and it just like drives me insane yes so there was a couple years ago actually when i was working with beluga whales this was happening the russia import so russia had captured like over 100 i think beluga whales and kept Mm -hmm. them in an outdoor sea pen because they were still exporting whales um to countries such as like china and things like that which still have Mm -hmm. beluga whales in captivity um, mm-hmm. So they kept them in a sea pen, which is everyone was like immediately like, well, that sounds fun, except for the fact that they're just in a box, like they're not getting stimulated, they wouldn't get enrichment, they just had like fish thrown at them, and like no interaction with people whatsoever. So they were just actually captured for like no reason, just like in a little box. Mm-hmm. So then George Aquarium was like, hey, we want permits, like bring these over here. Our captive population of beluga whales isn't thriving. Our latest um, calf that had actually been born, I think had just recently passed away. There's like 30 left in the United States. No, mm-hmm. I think less. Than yeah, 30. it's a small number. I think George be... Aquarium and like Mystic Aquarium and like sea a couple World. others are the only ones well, yeah, that have belugas. Van Aqua, Vancouver Aquarium. Yeah, yep. So I think there's like 30 in like the America and Canada region, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot. And they're like adult populations. There's a couple that are older. Um, so yeah, it just wasn't looking hot. So basically we was like, if you don't let us have these, then we might not have beluga whales anymore in like several mm-hmm. years. And then everyone was like, you're killing them. They're better off in the sea pen. Um, so they were like, well, no, because they're not getting like stimulation or enrichment or like exercise. They're just stuck there. And if they've already been captured, but then the argument was like two was, well, if we take them from Russia, then it's encouraging Russia to do it again. So there's that. So I think it's really hard, and I can't tell you exactly what I feel about it because I feel different things about it. Because I, on one hand, think that, well, maybe I do know what I feel about it. (laughs) So I think, It's complex, yeah. Obviously, zoos and aquariums are not ideal. Nobody thinks they're ideal. There's some places that suck, and they continue to suck every day. There are also awesome places that treat their animals to the best of their ability, the best that we physically, mentally know how to treat our animals, mm-hmm. take care of our animals. Yeah. Just specifically blue whales. Okay, let's just say the exhibits that they're housed in, people will be like, well, they migrate. Well, they migrate because they have to. They have these populations who don't migrate. They're staying in these areas because they have everything mm-hmm. they need. So right. the argument that they need, like, a tank the size of a fucking ocean isn't really valid when you're thinking about, like, the necessary needs of that animal. Also... Well, I think that's an, it comes down, again, to, like, the idea that humans think of things in terms of the way that humans think of things. And I think they are unable to contextualize things in ways that aren't inherently human, Like, the world is sense. real big, and you could visit all of it, but a lot of you don't. A lot of you never leave your hometown. Yeah, so... like, a lot – I think I think a lot of it comes down to, like, we thinking of things as – in terms of, like, free choice in the fact of, like, we could walk out our door and go anywhere. But, like – yeah, that's technically true, but how often do you do so? I would and not go what, to the fucking what's your... supermarket unless I had to. 
Exactly. Like, what's your motivation behind that? Like, in the case of these animals that live in the habitats that are designed for them, they're not having to go, and so that urge isn't necessarily there. And whenever that urge does potentially arise, that's why they have the space that they do, and that's why it's designed and enriched in a way that, like, the staff has designed it to be. Yes. If that makes sense. And I just, I don't know, I just think it's, like, a very, like, narcissistic view because we're unable to think about how animals think about things, and I think that's the downfall. Yes, we're anthropomorphizing everything. Yep. So... There's, like, the space. Okay, well, then, once they're in a zoo or aquarium, they're getting stimulated and enriched and trained, like, multiple times. They create, like, bonds with their caretakers and actually enjoy spending time with them and seeing them and things like that. So I think that's a whole other can of worms because I Mm -hmm. do think it's, like, positive and, like, a positive interaction for them. If you told me, Flora, there will be no... I am not Flora. (laughs) I'm talking to me. Okay, great. If you told (laughs) me... Hey, Flora, don't be narcissistic, (laughs) Fauna. I'm talking to myself. Okay. There will be no belugas left unless you hit this button that lets us, like, take beluga whales from a population that's not endangered, right? They're, like, what did I say they are now? Vulnerable? Near-threatened? I don't know. Yeah. They're doing whatever. They're not doing fine, but, hey, we're hunting a thousand of them a year for subsistence farming anyway. So what's 10 more? Or if you hit this button, we'll take 10 from the wild, I would immediately hit the button to take 10 from the wild. Yeah. In my opinion, even this maybe sounds bad, but even if they were like a fucking sacrifice or martyr for their species, I think that benefits it. Sorry, but that like made somebody fucking want to study and save the beluga whale. Like, I think that sacrifice might be worth it. That sucks, yeah. but that's what I think. Well, and that's kind of, I mean, it's its kind of one of those, like, you're choosing between two evils sometimes, too. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that animals living in human care are, like, in, like, a bad situation all the time, but I no. think we are in dire circumstances, and we're not, we're, we're, like, years and years and years past the point of, like, having the conversation of, like, hmm, is this necessarily the best possible thing for them? And it's like, well... That kind of window is narrowing. Right. So, like, we don't really have a, like, best possible thing. Because, like you said, like, sea pens aren't a good solution. They're just not – they're not long-term. They're not stable. They're not enriching enough. Like, you are taking them into a habitat that is not designed for them. Whereas if they go to a zoo, you are taking them to a habitat that is designed for them. Yes. So, like, I just don't understand how people don't see the difference. And I know, like, there's been a lot of talk recently because I know, like, the whaling has started up again. Um on the other half of the globe and that's sparked a lot of controversy and it's tough i think generally speaking like whaling is not good at the same time like you said we're 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 in such a like shitty situation right now because of everything we've done so far that it's now it's now down to the question of like do you want to save them do you not want to save them and i'm not saying that whaling is like technically saving them. I think there's, like, a lot of discrepancies according to, like, what is actually currently happening in different regions of the world and the way in which they're doing it. But I think that that that's kind of the decision what we're at right now. And we don't have any other options. And so the longer we sit here and we, like, debate over these things, there are not really even options anymore. The farther in way, or like, the farther away the option of, like, actually saving them becomes. And it just, like, it's really, really hard to have that conversation because it's not a good one to have and it's not fun and a lot of times it leads to that and a lot of times like there's a very emotional response 
connected to all of that as well. And I think that makes it extra difficult because people care. And that's one of the hardest things. That's something that like we always have to remember is like the people that come to us and have these conversations and they're like so upset care about these animals. And so like we're all on the same page here. We all care about them. We all want to save them. We just have different ideas on how to do it. And so if we can like have those discussions, if we can get through it in a way that's not just completely vile like it currently is, then maybe we can come up with like a way to do things in which everything is transparent and we can like base our facts on a way that we do things on like science as opposed to someone's feelings and like, I don't know. I just think there's like, ugh, there's so many extra variables and we just don't really always have time. <laughs> everything sucks. It's like, it's kind of like, sometimes it can be really discouraging. It can feel like really hopeless. Well, of the like six places that house beluga whales, I can tell you all of them are fantastic and the whales are living yeah. their best lives. And yeah, I don't know, the ones in Russia are in China now because they got sold to other countries. Um, yeah. And yeah, who's to say that the 10 that maybe we would have taken, I don't know, I think it's like 16. Um, maybe they got like poisoned or hit by a boat or killed by well, a killer whale. I mean. And think about it this way too. The first 30 minutes of this podcast, minus us, like, dicking around, are composed of facts that we learned from animals living in human care. Yes. So, like, that 30 minutes wouldn't be here because we wouldn't really know any of that stuff. And I would say 90% of the factual information that we guys have – that we guys – that we have talked to you guys about in previous episodes and future episodes is coming from stuff that we've learned from working with them hands-on, like, in – human care not just studying for them from the wild it's actually like that hands-on work with them Mm -hmm. and so you know i mean it it comes down to a question of like is that sort of stuff important to you like is learning about how they work and how they interact with one another and like how their environment is having a detrimental impact on them like is all of that information that we gathered is that completely worthless is it null and void you, you know if we never had them in the situation that we have them we probably wouldn't know that stuff so how would we know how to help them and that's kind of what it comes down to a lot of times mm-hmm. it's a tricky combo and it's like it's not the most lighthearted one <sighs> but it is one that i think is like like i said it's just like a hot topic these days and it's frustrating because i think a lot of people like we're all coming from the same mindset and we're all coming from the same standpoint but I think it's just, like, really trendy these days to be like, oh, yeah, fuck SeaWorld. Like, what do yeah. they know? I've, like, fought it's like, people in a bar okay, great. this. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like, okay, they, like, great. I'm, listen. But- I'm really glad that, like, you're choosing to devote your energy to, like, defunding and closing down a place that's actually doing some good. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and I think that's actually, like, disgusting. And it, like, it's just, like, drives me up the wall. Yeah. Because it's like, you care about them. Like, why don't you learn about them? Why don't you care about them enough to learn about them? So anyway, in 2009, a beluga whale in captivity saved a diver's life. Hey, nice. He was drowning <laughs> underwater, and the beluga, like, grabbed his foot and, like, brought him up and, like, saved his He's life. He's like, let's go! <laughs> so that's a thing. Cool. So yeah, I don't know. So at the end of the day, I think if we didn't have season aquariums, then more animals would become extinct faster. And more animals that we didn't even know of would have already been extinct. 
and we wouldn't have we would have found out later who cared to be researchers and research yep. animal in the wild or we wouldn't have the funding for it or i don't know i just think the world would be a different place so i think the benefits of taking animals from the wild sometimes outweighs the cons i agree i wholeheartedly agree i think i i think we have been dealt a shitty hand um, based on things that have happened in the past. And I think especially now, those sorts of effects are becoming more and more apparent and more like they're compounding each other. And so things are happening faster. And I think like having uh, access to like the global internet is like a help and a hindrance in this as well because it just like highlights all of the issues and makes them seem even bigger than they were previously. Um, but I think that if we hadn't done anything, we wouldn't be in the situation to be able to potentially make a positive difference now. Um, and I think that I just think that it's tough. And I think people need to be more realistic about what needs to be done well, to save like, animals. Well, just think for and... yourself and just sit down and like, think about it. Exactly. And even if you listen to this, and I know even some zookeepers who don't think whales should be in zoos and aquariums. Oh, totally. There's like a whole bunch yeah. of them. So, I mean, whatever. Everybody has different thoughts and opinions, but I just would rather you get like informed for yourself exactly of, like, exactly one person like don't just listen to us like go visit van aqua go visit SeaWorld. go visit mystic aquarium go visit fucking the sea world in texas that has whales go visit the georgia aquarium like visit all those places like watch the training sessions with those whales like see the like bond those keepers have with those whales like they do, yeah they do voluntary urine samples they do voluntary blood draws on their tail fins. They do voluntary semen collection. They do mm-hmm. voluntary nebulizer treatments. Like, mm-hmm. swan to John. These fucking whales do everything. And they love it. I mean, you can't tell me when you're watching them interact with their trainer that they don't enjoy it. So Yeah. And, and like, go learn the freaking science behind it. Like, don't just... Like you said, don't just believe one person. Like, actually, if you really care and you have, like, decided this is something important to you, go put in the work to understand what you're looking at. Put in the work to understand what you're reading and, like, what you're comprehending and make sure that it's correct. Because that's one of the things that is so frustrating for us is, like I said, we keep coming across this, like, impasse of, like, emotion versus factual arguments. And it's – you don't get anywhere with that. So, like, if you really care about them and you really want to save them – don't listen to anyone. Like, go do your own research. Make yeah. sure you're looking at credible sources. Make sure you're getting information from multiple places. Make sure that you are, like, cross-referencing that stuff. Like, become a scientist in your own regard. If you still, like, believe a certain thing and you don't think whales should be in captivity or you don't think belugas should or you don't think elephants should or whatever, like, that's fine. That's your own opinion and the things mm-hmm. that you thought. But, like, do something. Like, yep. either figure out a way where we can represent these animals without it or do something to help the population in the wild. Like, don't just slander organizations on the internet. Like, figure out... Come to the table with a solution. Yeah. Or or put your money where your mouth is and donate your time, money, or resources to a facility that you, like, see as making actionable changes. Yeah. Don't just, like, donate to frickin' PETA that's looking to close down every place that's trying to help. That's ridiculous. 
Oh, we always get on this topic when we talk about whales. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Well, I worked with whales uh, very briefly. It was an internship, mm-hmm. but I worked with them for six months. It's supposed to be nine months, but I got a J-O-B that made M-O-N-E-Y, <laughs> so I fucking did. <laughs> it was really eye-opening. I learned a lot from you. I just, always like, carrying everything. thought I wanted to be a marine mammal trainer, and then it was like, I don't want to be a marine mammal trainer. Yeah. Nothing to do with training marine mammals, but like you don't do you don't do a whole lot. I mean, no offense, marine mammal trainers, but I like scrubbing shit and like when they live in a tank and it's big and you got like a whole aquatics team, like I hose the beach off and then I was like, Oh, we're done for the day. <laughs> <laughs> is it lunch? <laughs> yeah. I mean we did like up to eight training sessions a day, which is awesome. Um, and then like of course little like enrichment sessions and all different kinds of stuff, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just like getting my hands dirtier than that. Yeah, but whatever. I think a lot of people can relate. But it was fun. The wheels were great. They're cute. Yeah, and now you have that perspective that you carry into other jobs too, Memories which is great. Of a lifetime. Yeah. When we were, we actually had. I'm not going to talk about any of the whales because there's only like 12 of them, so you're going to know exactly where it works. <laughs> but yeah. uh, even though they get traded around a lot. Speaking of. Nothing. The Airbus airplane is modeled after a beluga whale. Yes. It is the Airbus Beluga XL, and it has a beluga whale face on it, and it has a melon. Incredible. It's accurate. Also, in Finding Dory, there is a beluga whale named Bailey. Oh, in Finding Dory? Yeah. Oh, I was thinking Finding Nemo. Okay, sorry. But I said You literally said the name. And I repeated it. Dory. I know. <laughs> Anyway, his name is Bailey, and he's real dumb. Um, he gets okay. admitted because he has a concussion, so they bring him in to try to let him get re- rehabilitated before they re-release him. Um, turns out he was just, like, shy or something, and he had his echolocation all along. But he does echolocate, like, out of water, which, like, is not how that works. So Oh, weird. Okay. Okay. The accuracy, though. All right, so you want to give us a TLDL? Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. TLDL... The beluga whale is also known as the canary of the sea, and it is one of the only whales other than the narwhal and the family Monodontidae. They are the Delphinapterus lucus, which means white finless whale, pretty much. They're round and blubbery and very fat. Um, oh yeah, I didn't even mention. So males have like these really prominent rails on their bottoms. So you can tell them apart from, like, adult females and adult males. Because they have, like, these two big rails. And they, like, hold on to the female while they're, like, boning down. Okay. Um, Yeah, but otherwise they're sexually dimorphic in size. The males are typically bigger. When they're first born, they're gray in coloration, which they lose after several years. Um, They blend into the polar ice caps where they live. So they're living in Arctic and subarctic population or areas. They got a big old thyroid gland. They swallow their fish whole. They can swim to like 66 feet on average deep. They don't have mm-hmm. a dorsal fin. They have a dorsal ridge. They are opportunistic eaters. They'll eat anything. They have a neck. Their vertebrae aren't fused. So they can shake <laughs> They have a neck. Thank God. And, down and left and right. They use suction to suck prey into their mouths. They have a good sense of hearing, no sense of smell, very social, swim really fucking slow because of their blubbery body. They have 
intercourse to make babies. They are mammals, so they make milk. The babies nurse underwater. Other moms can help. They communicate with vocalizations. <laughs> they also use echolocation to see. There are 29 different subpopulations that sometimes overlap. We killed a lot of them. Mm-hmm. We killed more, always, because they allow some places to subsistence hunt. They are dying from pollution because we're awful. They are a hot topic. Yeah. Google crayons of beluga whales. Mystic, Georgia. Shed! Forgot. Shed. These five aquariums are just as bad as SeaWorld, says the dodo. Cool. They're so stupid. Anyway, so yeah, I don't know. Think for yourself. Should we take animals? Should we not take animals? Should we just let them die? Should we interfere? We're already interfering. Should we make it worse? Should we make it better? I don't know. Nobody knows. Email us and tell us what you think. (laughs) We'll make a poll. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to make five polls for this whole episode. It's going to be great. I don't know. For some polls. I think another thing to note, if you're a zookeeper, if you're a non-zookeeper, is that we're zookeepers and we don't fucking know either. There's no right answer. That's the shitty thing. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yep. Should we do it? I don't know. Is it okay? I don't know. Are they happy? I think they are, but I'm not a beluga whale. But Yeah, like, I think they're that in itself is, like, and damaging. Yeah, I don't know, but they're not breeding. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Ah! We're not beluga whales, so we don't emote like beluga whales. But we can know. take all the science and information that we've learned, and we can apply it toward their behavior and hopefully come up with the closest answer that but we like, currently are able to access. The one thing I do know that I can tell you is that I worked with four-ish. I'm not going to tell you how many I worked with. <laughs> Blue whales. Four-ish. Okay. And just like, I mean, if you've ever had a pet, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to talk about pets. It has nothing to do with wild animals. But if you have a dog or a cat or bird or hamster or a bearded dragon, you learn it and you learn its behavior and you learn its moods and you learn its like body language and you know that they like enjoy your presence or they don't right like you can tell your own animal the one that you see every day like your dog's happy to see you or your cat's happy to see you or your cat's indifferent (laughs) yeah you know you learn that so like when we when i for my very short period worked with these whales even though i was only there for a short amount of time it was obvious to me that they enjoyed working with these trainers and they enjoyed every single day so i can tell you that just like you can tell when a dog wags its tail, when a, a whale is, like, coming up to you as fast as they can and, like, clicking and making all these noises and, like, chirping and, like, spinning around. And, like, every time you ask it for a behavior, it, like, does it. And then when you reward them, it, like, squeaks with, like, delight. Like, I'm pretty sure it's, like, having a good time. So yeah. that's Especially when it has, you. like, free choice to come up to you or not. <laughs> yeah. Like, it could choose to just, like, do its own thing. Legitimately away cannot from make a 3,000-pound marshmallow do anything it doesn't want to do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It'd be hard to do. Just a little bit. So, um, moral of the story. TLDL, I don't know. <laughs> TLDL, whales are hard. I don't know. Everyone just be nice to each other and, like... All animals are hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are. I think people a lot of times, too, like have this weird invisible line between like marine mammals and everything else but well, yeah like, so nope, like do they they're all connected more than like 
frogs and turtles and hamsters. I don't... <sighs> mm-hmm. I'm more concerned with PetSmart keeping a chameleon in a small little thingy with no misting unit. They need humidity. <laughs> Where the misting unit at? Come on, PetSmart. What are you doing? Uh, everything's an issue. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I think it's they're a dour cute. note. <laughs> I'm glad I worked with them. I don't regret it. I worked at an amazing place that did amazing things. They were doing constant research, learning things from these animals. And I don't know. Just okay, well, don't know. And sometimes Bye. you're just not going to know. <laughs> sometimes you're just not going to know, and that's fine. Just yeah, whatever. do your best. Everyone do your best. Um... Well, on that note... Wait, there's like a million things. Okay, wait. Oh, well, I guess we're just going to release this on Tuesday. Because we did, like, Christmas shit, and I got something about B. So, like, we didn't record. <laughs> so this is going to come no. out... This is going to come out on Tuesday with our other one. So you're going to get, like, a double, a two for Tuesday. What? I mean, you don't really need to say that, because it's just going to come out on Tuesday. Yeah, but they're going to be like, why? And here I am explaining it at the end. It's a two for Tuesday, because no. I got something about B. <laughs> It's that classic two for Tuesday deal. Go to your local TGF Fridays and listen to us. Oh, get another an thing. appetizer and a meal. Another thing I was gonna say: we get an email every month that tells us like what our like new iTunes ratings were, and we didn't have any this past month. So if you're a new listener, can you rate us on and review us on iTunes? Just like do a little star and do like whether or not you like it and like why, because that like bumps us up and other people see it. And it makes me feel good to get those emails that people send nice things about this. You can say me too. People have done it, but then like. Just think you're about. gonna get a whole Q and D about it. Where Laura rages at you. Just fucking think about what you're saying. Is all. And when when she says give us a little star, she means give us a little five stars. <laughs> give me five or more stars. Mm-hmm. It only no goes up to five. five. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, because I think we have new listeners. Because I definitely do. <laughs> I made all those stupid fucking memes, and people eat that shit up. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that went like viral. Like, a thousand people saw it. No, it was like 20,000. Yeah, about. Anyway. So we are Flora and Fauna, and this has been Keeper Chat. Thanks for <laughs> hanging out with us and learning about- What an episode to jump in on. <laughs> God, what a can oh of worms you've opened. Seriously. Um, We have a Facebook. We have an Instagram. Oh, the Facebook group. That was it. Yeah. Are we going to do it? I mean, yeah. Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> Uh, we're gonna have facebook group (laughs) (laughs) you guys said you wanted a place to share memes with each other so we made it um that's all we've got so far we made one rule which is just don't just don't i don't want to have to make rules and like racism sexism shouting you can curse for sure like maybe not at each other Mm -hmm. um that's all, I mean, I don't even know if anyone's going to do it, so we're not going to really, like, delve a lot and, like, put a lot of effort into it. We're going to see if anybody uses it first. So I guess when this comes out, maybe we'll release it on Two for Tuesday. It's going to be a big day. Yeah, it is. Also, this is a long episode. It's going to be a big day. It's going to be a big day. Okay, so yeah. So we have a Facebook group, which we'll advertise on Tuesday. You'll see it on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. So we have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also have a Patreon, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's $5 a month for forever, <laughs> and yep. as long as you're subscribed, and you get bonus content. We we do at least one a month. We're trying to do more, but, like, this past, I was out of the country. I guess I might be. 
like fucking you're moving you've been moving every week for the past yeah two months so yeah it's just been weird but we want to do more for you guys but they also get to pick the topic every week which is amazing yeah. so if you have like a favorite animal and you're like they'll never do it you could pay five dollars and like suggest it and like delete your five dollars and then you only paid five dollars and we did what you needed to do so there's that mm-hmm. um they get free shit sometimes everybody gets free shit sometimes um Anyway, thanks. Hope you liked it. Rate us on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. And yeah, rate us, review us, tell your friends, tell your grandma, tell your family, tell somebody. If you see something, say something. Uh Uh-oh. Thanks for listening. We're legitimately saying bye. (laughs) Yep. Bye. Smell. Yeah. Later. Bye.